Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of KT Takes. I'm Kim. And I'm Tay. (laughs) And we're so happy that you're with us today. Okay, Tay, do we have any church announcements or any anything you want to shout out this week? Um, this week, well, number one, thank God for life. <laughs> yes, Lord. Number two, I really don't know what's going on in the country at the moment. Like, like flat out, I don't know, but <laughs> it's in God's hands. Yes. Um. Yeah, we pray for our president. He got COVID again. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> Stay at home. But you <laughs> Don't know leave still, ever again. He's still getting a job done. He's still getting a job done. He <laughs> really is. So we got to pray for him. And just, I guess leadership in the country. Continue to pray for leadership in the country. That's yeah. what um our speaker today spoke about at church. So yes. that was really eye-opening for me. Because sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, I don't like this person. I don't want to pray for them. Like, why do I have to? But um, it's very important to pray for people regardless they're That's made in god's image yeah but other than that not i mean in my life i guess i guess like big life changes are coming up so i've been like praying and fasting about that okay, okay. and trust in the lord because <laughs> <laughs> things are changing yes yeah it'll like when sure you're not grounded is. it'll have you like super overwhelmed right but right now like I haven't been overwhelmed which is amazing a crazy feeling because normally when I get overwhelmed like it shows but I'm literally pretty calm like peace is so good yeah because you have the peace of God like you know one thousand that whatever is happening God is going to be working it out uh, yeah and then he shows up in little moments like yeah girl I got this I'm like yeah bro okay yes. I don't say yeah bro <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes like, yes, I Lord. <laughs> Sometimes Loki, I'm like, oh, I see it, dude. Yes. <laughs> I, honestly, personally, I think God, I think God appreciates when we're um use piety and things like that. But I also think He loves it when we're on such a level with Him where we're like, dude, thank you, Literally. this is awesome. Oh, my, I see you. I see yeah. you out here yeah. making moves. <laughs> I do that. Like, no lie. <laughs> yeah (laughs) but yeah what's been going on on your end Ooh, several things okay my first thing is that i'm giving a prayer request to all of the veterans that are camping outside the capitol trying (gasps) to get the bill yes there is a bill supporting the veterans that has stalled in congress for quite some time so they are camping out um, in solidarity with all the veterans trying to get them to, you know, pass the bill so that they can get the proper health care that they need. 1,000%. Send people to war and not take care of them afterwards. Exactly. I take a knee for them. We're out here for yeah. you veterans. Yes. Yes. Support the troops. Um, so this it podcast is officially international. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. I'm in Jamaica right now. The motherland. Yes. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so, so American, I'm, Kim. Oh. Yes. I, I, I'm thanking God for good weather and just enjoying my time. And I actually, okay, so 
it, social media has its down points, but the one good shining light that I've seen with social media is that it sometimes reminds me of my posts from years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So apparently like eight years ago, I had a post from a verse in Ecclesiastes that talked about, you know, it's there is a time to work, but there is also a time where you have to take rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And I saw that right in the middle of my vacation when I was kind of feeling bad, like, dang, should I even be taking this kind of vacation? And when I saw that pop up, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, for confirmations. So <laughs> literally, he's like, girl, the world goes on. <laughs> yes, the world goes on and you need a rest. <laughs> absolutely rest is very important yeah yeah so you know that's that's where we are today and i can't wait to get into this episode with you yes this one is really juicy so mm-hmm. the title is what are some of the most misunderstood bible verses slash stories and why i'm doing research for my next book oh this person is writing a book Ooh. Give me a copy, okay? We promote <laughs> your stuff here. And right. then the working title is Common Misconceptions in the Bible. Any help is much appreciated. Okay, person. Number one, I guess the most misunderstood bubble verse slash story is like the entire thing. <laughs> yes. People just do not understand how the Bible was constructed. They think it was all written by one person at one time. Literally in one <laughs> sitting, okay? Yes. <laughs> somebody's hand would fall off i'm pretty sure there's people out there who think like god gave them a super hand and they just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and ate angel food i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding okay but yeah this one is really good we have so many examples to dive into um i guess i'll start with one of the most popular ones you'll see athletes have this on their shoes or in their instagram bios on their clothes merch whatever and then christians throw this one around and then people who call themselves christians will throw this one around too and even non-believers will throw this around to feel good yeah. but it's philippians four thirteen, and i shall read it for the masses hold on philippians <laughs> I know it off the top of my head, but I just want to get everything correct. Okay, basically, yeah, this one's in the Christian Standard Bible version. So it says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And the him is God, Jesus, Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. We love him. We love them. But pretty much that's what the verse is. And I've heard this verse so many times i'm like what in the world does it even mean like you know when you hear something over and over and it starts to lose its meaning i think that's what happened people yeah and people they can take it out of context literally anything and everything you can think of if i didn't study for my test trust and believe i'm slapping this verse on yeah i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and he's like did you even literally like you'd even study <laughs> how do you expect to pass like logically <laughs> no, so literally true. people do this and they'll even say it when they do things they know that god would not approve of they'll say yeah. i can do all things through him who strengthens me and then god knows my heart he'll forgive me yeah only god it's can okay. judge me 
<laughs> oh, literally? That's another verse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people take this thing out of context and it's like, no, people don't realize what Paul was saying. Literally in verse 12, he says, I know how to make do with little. I know how to make do with a lot. In all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Then he says, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Yeah. And he's showing his support towards the church who was like giving him shelter, food, whatever he needed as he did his ministry. But it's like Paul was saying, I know how to be content in all situations because it's Christ who's strengthening me. Yes, exactly. I can get through any circumstance because Christ is strengthening me. Not that I'm capable of like doing crazy feats or something (laughs) like that. Let me go run a marathon and I've never even trained. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ. (laughs) And it's like, no, No, you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be mad that Christ didn't strengthen you. Listen, you be cramping on my one, like crawling. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be a couch potato for three years and then think you're just going to run a marathon. <laughs> exactly. But that's literally how people think. Yeah. yeah, how they interpret it. Yeah. Through their own eyes without the help of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. Well, like, I, I have one. Uh, well, a Bible story that mm-hmm. I think of quite often actually because growing up we were always taught this bible story just from one particular view and so I'm talking about the story of Jonah Mm -hmm. and every time ministers come and would preach about the story of or perspectives uh, but they always would leave out the last chapter of Jonah. Mm-hmm. The story of Jonah isn't about the people of Nineveh being evil. It isn't about, um, it isn't, I, I don't even think it's only about Jonah's uh, disobedience and, and want different. I think it's about Jonah being uh, prideful and biased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's what I really think it's about because really it wasn't that he wanted to be disobedient to God why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He did not want the people of to be saved. And so he was upset that he had a word that might allow them to avoid destruction. Because he was saying in his mind, these are evil people. They should be destroyed. Literally. Yeah, you see that all the way to the end of the chapter, uh, excuse me, to the end of the book, to where you kind of are left with almost a cliffhanger, wondering, well, what what became of Jonah and his soul? when he finally did go to the people of Nineveh I mean he didn't even give them a full sermon he didn't direct them on what they needed to do to be saved he all he said was repent for your destruction is at hand and everybody (laughs) down to the animals had to fast 
because they took the word so quickly. So that means God had already prepared their hearts and minds for repentance, had already been like now in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit. But you can even imagine then God must have had them prepared and understanding that, okay, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong. And they just didn't know what to do. And as soon as they heard repent, everybody repented and the whole city was saved. But Jonah only giving them a half message saying, oh, y'all need to repent and then walking out the city so that he could have first, he could have prime seats to the city's destruction until that's where he sat and that's where he stayed for the rest of his life. Oof. Literally. And it's like, yeah, his story, he knew he didn't want to do it because he knew God would save him. <laughs> yes. He literally didn't want them to be saved, like you were no. saying. And it's yeah. like, I'll be honest, I didn't know that until more recently in my life. I'm talking like I've mm-hmm. been alive for decades, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Jonah was my favorite Bible story. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, he was in a big fish and then God spit him out and boom. I didn't know about the sec- the last part of the story, to be mm-hmm. honest. Until I read it, and I'm like, pause, wait a minute. (laughs) Jonah? God just saved your life, and you didn't have to. But then now you don't want other people to be saved. And that's literally how we operate as Christians, at least in the Western world. Mm -hmm. We got the gospel for ourselves and everything, and we just hold on to it. We don't want anyone else to experience it because we think that now that we have Jesus, we're holier than thou yeah and it's like nah bro don't let god have to get you a big fish to come swallow you and humble you again like don't <laughs> don't let him have to like have a worm destroy your little shade yeah and leave you out in the sun to humble you it's like no god's heart is that everyone would come to repentance but he knows not everyone will but the way is still there so who are you to decide who deserves God's grace, his love and mercy. Yeah. That's when you see, like, sometimes you'll have someone who's in the church and then maybe it's it's um, a teenage girl or an older girl, uh, you know, someone in their 20s or something who's unmarried and they get pregnant and they ask God's forgiveness. When they ask God's forgiveness, mm-hmm. you can't just keep heaping coals on top of the person. They went, they repented if they did something wrong, asked God's forgiveness. Okay, yeah, they're still pregnant. Yeah, they're still going to have a baby. But guess what? They've been redeemed. They've been forgiven by God. So who are you to say that they cannot be forgiven? Literally. And then they don't want to come alongside these people and help them. Yeah. Because, oh, they're holier than that. Like, because, oh, they sin so bad. But I'm like, person, you have so much pride in your heart. Yeah. That's a sin. I hope they know that. <laughs> that is a sin. Pride and they don't re- they don't see that as a sin. No, they just see sin as actions like, oh, you stole, you lied, you cheated, you like things that you can witness with your eyes. And but they don't think that sin starts in the heart. Yeah. And God Jesus literally said that. Like, you know, he was talking about um, I forgot the passage, but pretty much um he was saying how um he was talking to the pharisees i believe and they asked him some question i don't remember but i know the story y'all and then jesus was like 
yeah, adultery is a sin, but even if a man has lusted in his heart, like it's like he committed adultery. Yeah. And it starts in the heart and then comes out. I think they asked him that right before they brought um the the woman who was committing adultery. Cause that they were trying to catch him. They were trying to catch him. Like always trying to catch Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's ten steps ahead of you. He's 10 steps ahead of you. Oh, my gosh. Do, do you have another one? Yeah, I, girl, I have too much. Um, <laughs> Let's see. A big one. Everyone loves this one. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it says, for I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster. To give you a hope and a future. And when I tell you, you can read that verse alone and be like, yay, thank you, God. I'm never going to go through suffering. I'm never going to experience any hardships in my life because you said your plans are for my well-being, not for disaster, and to give me hope and a future. And it's like, Paul's, wait a minute. Do you know who who um Jeremiah was speaking to? <laughs> Yeah. On behalf of God, like, do you know the context of this verse? And 99.9% of the time, no. This was, um, Israel was about to go into some serious um, problems with surrounding, um, not countries, civilizations, let's call them that, like Babylon and all that. Mm-hmm. They're about to go into exile. And God is like, you're going to go through these things? But know that I have plans for you, mm-hmm. plans for your well-being, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. So and he was just preparing them right. He before was literally he went mentally, time. spiritually preparing them for what they're about mm-hmm. to go through. But mm-hmm. nobody knows that when they read the verse in isolation. <laughs> yeah, they just literally say, oh, he said God only seventy has good years. Yeah, yeah. Literally, he said like in verse ten, this is God speaking through Jeremiah the prophet. Mm-hmm. He's like, when 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place, to like the promised land. And then he goes on to say, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you hope in the future. You will come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. Because the mm-hmm. Israelites were being very, <laughs> they were acting out, they were acting a fool. Yeah, <laughs> and God's like, you're gonna face the consequences of your actions, but no, this is not the end punishment to end you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, people will take this verse and just run with it, and it's like, slow down, bro. <laughs> and you're so right because this is something like the prosperity gospel that, mm-hmm. that is so prevalent um, throughout this country, like or in the U.S. I should say. No, literally, like, yeah, the U.S. is a country. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the, I thought you're in Jamaica. My bad. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> but the, the prosperity gospel <laughs> that they have, they use that verse all the time. See and say, see, see, God only has good plans for you. So you know God is working when you're wealthy. You know God is working when you're healthy. And it's like, no, God sometimes works in your poverty. God sometimes works in your illness, even unto death. So 
he he has a plan for you he has a plan of where your life is going and where you know your generations your descendants are going but sometimes it's gonna be hard for you one thousand percent and i think the reason why people run with this verse is because of an unbiblical understanding of what good is Mm. in the human world like in our world it's like good is everything that benefits you that doesn't it, it good does not equate suffering yeah but then when you look at the bible it's like whoa there is good in suffering because my yeah. hope is not in my situation my future is not in this situation yeah. my hope and my future are in god and if you need an example of that just look to the life of joseph he had plenty of suffering his brothers tried to kill him he was sold into slavery he um had to he he worked as an indentured servant in a house he was accused of rape he was put in prison all of that suffering and guess what it was all for the good so that his family would have a place to be in in Egypt during the famine he went through Literally. all of that suffering just to save his family's life when it came time to. And he came from that family, Israel, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, yeah. which is the line that Jesus ultimately comes from. And through Jesus, we all got salvation. So yes. if he did not go through what he went through, if he said, uh, screw this, I'm not into it. Number one, God would find somebody else. (laughs) Very true. Very very easily. The rocks could have done it. But um, imagine like he would have missed out on that opportunity to be part of God's big plan. Something, even though he didn't know it at the time, but he would have missed out on being part of something so much bigger than himself. You know, the whole world. Literally. (laughs) Which is why when I go through stuff, I'm like, oh. I never know what this is going to result to down the road. So let me, let me feel my feelings, but then not don't let me stay in these feelings. Let me cling to God, because because right. God knows you're human. He knows literally. That you're he knows. He knows, and he yeah. says, and then he he wants us to trust that he has plans for us, even though we cannot see it, yeah. even though we don't feel it. It's already done. We're just walking into those things. Yes. 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 Yeah. Do you have any other? Um, yes, I have versus, a big. One. Yeah. I, well, I have two big ones, but I, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna do just one. So, okay. <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. Everybody, well, most people know it. You know, the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Mm-hmm. There is a portion of the prayer where it says, forgive us our trespasses mm-hmm. as we forgive those who trespass against us. A lot of people just say it or, you know, in other versions, people say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say it, but one, they forget the parable that it's attached to. And two, they, they just kind of gloss over, maybe their minds don't even register the true meaning of mm-hmm. those two lines. So the parable is, um, Jesus gave a parable about a rich man 
oh no, about a man who owed a debt to the king, like 10,000 talents to the king. And the king forgave him his debt so that he wouldn't have to go into debtor's prison. But the man turned around and refused to forgive a debt that somebody owed him for 100 talents. And so the king recalled the debt and threw him into prison and said, you know, you were a wicked person. I forgave you your large debt and you couldn't even forgive a smaller one. That's the parable that the, those two lines are, you know, uh, very similar to, are attached to. Mm-hmm. When we say that, we're literally saying, Lord, I accept your forgiveness and I will try my best to give forgiveness to those around me. But when we're, again, with the overly righteous, the holier than thou, when you are saying, oh, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. But then the person down the street, like if you're driving and they cut you off, then you are like angry and you hate them for the rest of their lives. Or somebody sat in your pew at church and now Mm -mm. you don't talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Or somebody in your parking spot in the church. Yeah. Your current parking spot with the shade. Somebody came a little earlier in church and took it. Like now you upset. Now you're angry and you can't forgive anybody. So we all really need to think about people in our lives that we need to offer forgiveness to because that's how we accept and receive forgiveness from God. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah. And I, I have another verse. Um Psalm 37 verse 4 delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart yeah people take that verse and go oh my gosh let me pray for what I want well there's nothing (laughs) wrong with praying for what you want under that is like the heart behind it is God like yeah you might have this plan for me but I really want this so like if you can just make this happen that would be great yes but it's like no (laughs) you're when you delight yourself in the Lord, um, your desires become, no, his desires become your desires because you're oh. learning about him. You see his heart. So instead of wanting like, um, how do I say it? <laughs> Wait, Thinking so that means selfishly. I can't want my Ferrari? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kim. It might not be the best that God has for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, are you mentally prepared and ready, financially prepared to take on a Ferrari? <laughs> and God knows whether or not you might be able to, like, do that. But it might not be in his best plan for you. But um, oftentimes, like, these desires are bigger than yourself. Yeah. Like, let's see. Like, for me, let's see. Uh, For me, I'm an introvert. I do not get energy from being around people for extended periods of time. Like, you know, like yeah. a long time. I can it be around trusted friends. Yeah, I can be around trusted people and get energy off of them. And then, like, I'll be cool. But after that, I'm going to need, like, a day or two to recharge. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as I'm, like, growing in God and everything like that, and his desires are slowly becoming my, like, a huge desire is for the gospel to be spread to the ends of the earth. And he's like, all right, bet. I want you to go to XYZ location. I'm like, huh, sir? 
<laughs> I want you to go talk to this person. Who? Yep. <laughs> and it's like, it takes discipline to obviously be in tune with his spirit and all that. But then it takes, for me at least, a lot of trust to be like, I think this is you, God. I'm going to step out in faith and yeah. do it because this is bigger than me. It's yeah. not what little Taylor wants at all. Like, I just speak to them yourself. <laughs> Why do I, why do you have to go through me? <laughs> yes. But it like but as I'm, much as it blesses that other person and also helps me to grow in my desire for God and the things of God. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it's not always, oh God, like I want a husband like sent in my way. And he's like, Taylor, you literally <laughs> will destroy that beautiful thing if I give it to you now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I've been there. <laughs> One thousand sis. That was me at seven. Can you imagine me? Seventeen years old. Oh man. Married. Like, I don't even think I have my driver's license at seventeen yet. Like <laughs> <laughs> Needed imagine. some more to happen first. Exactly. Yeah. But as I grew and matured, like yeah, I still have that desire, but it's not like my main focus anymore. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and I think that's that's like the most important part. When you are growing in God, your desires aren't yours; they're more of His. Mm-hmm. And so He, when your heart is aligned with God, the, desire, the desires of your heart are things that fall within His will. Mm-hmm. Your, your big desire isn't to win the mega millions. I mean, it's a billion dollars, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Be great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not to win the mega millions, it's to win the mega million of souls to Christ. So mm-hmm. that's the, the, there's a difference right there once your heart is changed. So that's why, you know, sometimes when people again, like we said, when people read the Bible but they don't read it in context and they don't read it together, they don't truly understand, things sound like they contradict each other, mm-hmm. but really that's telling you your heart is lined with God so everything you want is in his will which he is more than willing to grant you exactly not aligned with him yeah you're not gonna get that (laughs) no literally and it's like basically like the verse like what I summarized it as like let your will be done yeah and boom that's that on that I might have these strong desires for everything else but if it's in your will, God, let it happen. If not, like, I don't want it anyway. Li- yeah, like, I don't take away that desire for things that are not of you, pretty much. Yeah, and that's a hard prayer to pray. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's necessary <laughs> for growth sometimes. That's yeah, right like, up there with Lord. If there's anybody in my life that you don't want to be there, go ahead and take them away. <laughs> he takes you out. I'm kidding, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> them TikToks are so funny. Oh, man. So I I do have one more. And this is a big one. This is a really big one. And there might be some people who are going to get upset. But I mean, I I feel that there's more uh, biblical context for the way that I see it than the way that Mm -hmm. it's normally preached. And the controversial topic is the story about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, child. A lot of people, I believe a lot of people, not just I believe, I know, a lot of people take that out of context. 
they think, oh, the two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, received damnation because everybody there was um, homosexual. Everybody there, just, you know, had had that that going on and so god hates people who are homosexual and that's the proof of it and da, 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 da. i've looked at it i don't think that's what it is there were people there who you know everybody keeps zoning in on the portion of the story where lot hid the two angels in his home well he thought mm-hmm. they were strangers but they were really angels he hid them in his home and the people from the city said send them out yeah like the men were like send them out bro <laughs> yeah the men in the city were like send them out we want them and lot was saying no no you can take my daughters if that's what you need and the men were like no send out the two men that went in there so everybody just assumes, oh, it's because they were gay. And that's why the Lord got so angry and destroyed the cities. Really, when you look at it, what they wanted to do was rape those men. That is a very different thing from being gay. You know, rape is about power. It's about um, showing your dominance over people. Um, you can be hateful. You, you don't even have to like the type of sex to rape somebody. So all of that put together, and then when you really find out what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were evil people. They, um, children were not safe on the streets. Um, Anybody who was new in town, like if there was a merchant, what they would do is they would all line up. Everybody in the city would line up at the new merchant stall, and everybody one by one would just steal and walk away. And the merchant can't catch all of them. They can't go run and find all of them. The people in the city, the guards in the city were, weren't going to protect them. You know, they just get beat up and everybody would line up one by one and steal their things. Uh, when it came to commerce, there was nothing but thieving and people overtake, uh, trying their best to outwit everyone else. No one there was safe and everyone was committing adultery. Everyone was hating on everyone else. Contract killing, all of those things were going on. It was just an evil and corrupt place through and through that Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with whether the people were homosexual or not. So that is why God brought such heinous judgment down on them because nobody was safe in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, and then even then, like, even if there were people practicing, um, like, I guess, how do I, um, yeah, on natural relations between each other that were not of God, like, that was not the only glaring reason why God brought destruction on them. It was just yeah. these people were very evil through and through and could not stand in the sight of God. It wasn't, oh, yeah. he didn't highlight one sin and be like, okay, this is exactly why I'm taking y'all out. It's yes. no, like, through it, they were just sinful. And I think that reflects um, a lot of the attitudes towards sin, at least in the Western church. It's like they'll highlight certain things and ignore. Others. equally horrendous things like big example um 
in the SBC, there's a lot of scandals going on. Um, Pastors have, like, abused, sexually abused, trigger warning, but they've abused um, women, men, like, young people years ago, but it still goes on. And then it's, like, they cover it up. But then if you want to hear about um, pro-life, if you want to hear about pro-Second Amendment, if you want to hear about... um, they're um they're against homosexuality and whatever oh, yeah. they were talking about that thing all day yeah and they'll, they'll just rush under for all of literally it. they will put these things like the top three <laughs> they'll put this on there and talk about it yeah. like there's no other sin that yeah happens. but they have a glaring sin going on that they actively cover up and it's kind of like that's how a lot of people re- um read sodom and gomorrah yeah <clears throat> It's, exactly that it's, they it's crazy one <laughs> sin and not the others like uh te- if we're really looking technically you know and, and trying to live by the rules in leviticus t- you're not supposed to lend people money on interest so that means um a whole lot of christians if you have any money in the stock market or bonds or any of these types of investments you better cash out because technically, according to Leviticus, you might be sitting. <laughs> On the businesses you own, those entrepreneurs. Yes. Release the money. <laughs> release it. And, and um, so I recently saw something where I, I think it was in the same um, SBC that they had some type of conference with people who owned mm-hmm. Christians who owned real estate. And um there was someone there trying to tell them that they shouldn't feel it, it or it's not a sin if they raise their rent prices. Oh my gosh, I saw that. Yeah, you saw that? Yeah, and I was like, this is what is wrong with the world. Yes. <laughs> you have compassion on people and provide that housing for people. Like, wh- isn't that like, there's That's no compassion in people's it. hearts to even think, hey, yeah. I should even though culture says raise the prices, I'm going to go against it and, and minister to these people and give them a place to stay. Yes, yeah. it's going to be a financial... Um, it might hurt you financially, but in the Maybe. end, these people, you're impacting people's lives and their soul. Like You never know mm-hmm. that action might draw them to Christ. Yes. And they get saved. And y'all partying in heaven one day. But yeah. no, like people are selfish, especially Christians, but they're super selfish sometimes, a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And, and Jesus said it before. It's it's more it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven because the rich man is always super concerned about his riches and does and figuring out ways to make sure he keeps all his riches and that people who need it like the poor and things like that don't get to eat if you are a person who has wealth and you know that you give to charities and you know that you give and you um you, you use um what you do in a mild fashion you are there um you're not taking advantage of anybody then this is not for you it's not for you it's not about that so you shouldn't feel like you have to be impoverished to be a christian but Mm -hmm. at the same time if you know that all you're doing is um ripping grandmothers from their homes (laughs) literally out in the street or you own a whole bunch of um 
uh, I, 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 I apologize, Lord, forgive me, but I have a, a very uh, bad place <laughs> in my mind for people who own these nursing homes and take advantage of older people. I do not like people who do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Lord is still working on me with that one. But if, if you know that you own a lot of these nursing homes and you don't have adequate staff and you don't care about the people getting hurt or dying under your care, then that is definitely something wrong with you that you need to work out with, with the Lord. So exactly. Um, and I think it, it's those type of things. It is. And I think the reason why a lot of even the teaching that we probably sat under over the years sometimes in our personal lives or even like in our personal walk, we have a tendency to see ourselves as the heroes of the story instead of seeing <laughs> ourselves for what we really are, not as sinners in need of saving. And that's called eisegesis, where you read yourself into the story as a superhero. Like, you insert yourself in the story. Like, big one. David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, Everybody wants to be David. Everybody wants to be David taking on Goliath. But I'm like, that's a (laughs) glaring story of Jesus taking out sin. (laughs) Yeah. If you think about it, scripture points to to Christ. Who points back to God? Like, it's literally, he's the word. And it points to him through and through. All these big Bible stories with the big heroes, even Joseph mm-hmm. being accused of things he never did. Oh, uh, you know who else was? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus. He went through <laughs> what he went through. Yeah. And brought salvation for us in the same way that Joseph being in Egypt was a way of salvation for his family. Yeah. And that's all, uh, you know, you bring up such a good point because so many people, they would look at that David and Goliath scenario and they will call themselves David, but then they forget, okay, but David wasn't just a one-sided person. He wasn't a 2D person. He had many layers. David sinned. 1,000%. He sinned. He took it. He literally, he, he, he raped Bathsheba. Yeah, guys, he was standing, he was standing on his roof and looked down at her and was yeah. like, I want that and sent for her Against while her, her husband will. was away. Yeah. And, and, and took her, he, he, um, he wasn't a good parent. He may have been someone who loved God and went after God with his whole heart, mm-hmm. but he didn't know how to translate that to his own children. He was so what? flawed. Right. <laughs> One of his children tried to to murder him to take the throne. He let another one rape one of his daughters. The daughter, he didn't even provide her any comfort after having such a bitter thing happen to her. So it's just, you know, we we have to recognize that everybody in the Bible is 3D. They have their high points and they have their low points. And, and that should be even more inspiring to us because mm-hmm. we're all three-dimensional people. Nobody in the Bible was a superhero. Everybody literally. Had- yeah, and we can't just look well, at only these. Jesus. Yeah, well, literally only Jesus. And we can't look at these glory moments of these people and say, oh, that's me. And then neglect to say, oh, I'm also that's." That sinner yes. who really ignores God sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I think our challenge for everyone listening this week is take the time to read these things in context. Mm. Like, here's the thing: like take your favorite Bible verse and read the entire passage. Look up who the author is. What what were they going through at this time? 
when like, was it written? Look at, yeah, when was it written? Look at the historical context. So you get a full picture of what is going on and not just drawing your own conclusion or inserting yourself into a story that literally has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think, and most importantly, like pray and ask God to illuminate the scripture before you. Like ask him to open your eyes before you read the word every single time. Because we'll, we're going through a lot. We have a lot of emotions in our head. We're going through so many things. And it's easy to read those things into scripture. But yeah. we need to come at it with fresh eyes, as fresh as possible, yeah. empowered by the Holy Spirit. But that is my challenge to everyone. <laughs> yes. For sure. Awesome. Let's end it on a challenge. Boom. Well, Come back next week for homework. I want to know <laughs> if y'all did your homework. Yes. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs> Who wrote Ezekiel? Well, you know what? Everybody, we do want to hear from you. If we said anything that was controversial, if we said anything that struck you, if you have some Bible stories or passages that you really think people kind of take out of context or don't understand properly, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll highlight it on one of our episodes. You can always reach us uh, through our email at hello, that's H-E-L-L-O dot K-T takes at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at K-T underscore takes. You can comment, like, follow, please subscribe to our channel as well. It helps, not our channel, (laughs) our podcast. Coming soon, coming soon. (gasps) YouTube coming soon. (laughs) But yeah, we appreciate your support and it helps us get an idea of what you guys are going through in your Christian journey. Or if you're new to Christianity or you're interested in learning about it, we just really want to meet you guys where you are, just like how Christ met us, where we were at. Let's talk about it. Yes. Well, thanks for tuning in to this take of KT Takes. We hope to see you guys next week. Bye from Jamaica. (laughs) Island things. Okay, bye from America. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys.